0: And welcome to the VTC podcast, Voices of Recovery. My name is Kevin Rumley, your host, and I'm honored to be here today to hear the stories of a brave men and women who have gone through the VTC journey. And uh, yeah, here's some insights that they bring to the table. For those that don't know the Veterans Treatment Court, it's a diversion program. It's an alternative to the traditional justice system. So instead of going to prison, where we know nothing really changes, we're saying, hey, let's try an alternative to that where we focus on treatment. We focus on accountability, giving all the supports possible to a veteran, and really set them up for success. And upon completion from the Veterans Treatment Court, a veteran's charges are dismissed. So I've had the great honor of working with the Asheville Buncombe Veterans Treatment Court since 2016. I've seen it transform many veterans' lives, Um, and just being witness to the incredible journey of these men and women uh, was so moved that, you know what, we need to share these stories, incredible stories, and one such incredible story is that of our veteran guest today, Mr. Michael White. Mike, how you doing?
1: Hey, I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm good. So Mike, you are an army veteran. You served with the 4th Battalion?
1: 4th Brigade, 25th Infantry Division.
0: Oh man, see us Marines over here, we use different words. And Semper Fi, so you were in the infantry?
1: No, yes sir, I was attached to Infantry Division, so.
0: Right on. So today I wanted to chat with you a little bit about your Veterans Treatment Court journey. And, um, yeah, just want to hear about your future plans, all of that. But first take me back. How did you find yourself in the veterans court? If you don't mind painting a picture.
1: Yeah. So, uh, briefly I'm from East Tennessee, Johnson city, I'm 37. Um, I have been out of the military for over 10 years now and, um, I've been battling, uh, hardly with mental uh, health issues addiction issues um, just not reintegrating into society very well and so in Johnson City at the VA up there they have a domiciliary I probably stayed there over 10 times uh, since I got out of the military in 2008 and uh, countless patient inpatient stays um on their psychiatric ward. Um yeah, just just a vicious cycle of in and out, in and out, nothing really changing. And so uh in two thousand nineteen after uh divorce and um having a three year old my ex wife moved up here and so I followed suit and I come in on a grand home bus and I didn't have anything to my name. So Right across the street, actually, there used to be a Shell station with a gas or with a um, with a car wash attached to it. And I stayed in the car wash, and then um, I was uh, informed about the Veterans Restoration Quarters down the hill from here. And so, one of the ladies here at the V.A. that works in the homeless place told me about the V.R.Q. and how. I could stay overnight because, uh, maybe it would lead into something more permanent. And so I did that, um, for a month and I got my own apartment and got cleaned up and started getting on my feet. And, um, then a lot of family issues started happening again. And so, uh, fell back into addiction. And one thing I've noticed about Asheville is beautiful and, and, uh, great this place is it just it has a story too just like anywhere else you know drugs are a real problem here and um more so than it was where i was at in johnson city and so i got hooked on fentanyl and so uh that lasted for you know years uh well right up until to about two years ago i um was doing way too much and um yeah, I had died three times. I was clinically dead, uh, flatlined, and um, had a bunch of inpatient stays here at this VA in Asheville. And so um, I had caught a D, I had caught one DUI in Tennessee, and I caught another one in Madison County, which is about 45 minutes away. And I caught my third one here in Buncombe County, Uh, all within a month and um, that third one I was really out of it and uh, just totally hallucinating and not in in the right mind and so I um, actually it's kind of a funny story I got pulled over by a game warden I flew by him in a car and I led a 10 minute chase on and he was leaving this VA because he was seeing his dad who was dying at the time in uh, uh clc which is the elderly care um for veterans and um so yeah after the 10 minute chase was up i um, got booked and spent about four months in jail and then that's when i met you and you came in and uh introduced yourself in that tiny little hot room yeah so oh, yeah. which i was really grateful to you know hear about a program like this because um once like i was saying about Asheville and johnson city and i'm not knocking johnson city it's just that um there's not as many programs or or opportunities i guess you can say in johnson city like there is here and in that place you tell somebody you're in recovery they look at you like you got six eyes or something or three heads right and so here you tell somebody in your recovery, they're like, good for you. Go you, you know? So uh, it's a different experience altogether. And so it can be motivating for sure. And, um, um, yeah, so that's that.
0: So that's what brought you to the Veterans Treatment Court. And just hearing your story, Mike, I, I hear these themes over and over. Um, obviously, everyone's story is unique, but these themes of... Uh, hopelessness. I hear that sleeping in the car wash. I hear these stories of loss. I hear loss of sense of purpose that we had in the military. I hear the loss of family, the loss of connection. And then I hear stories of addiction over and over myself. I'm a veteran in recovery. um, And I know those challenges firsthand of, you know, a, a substance that we put in our body that, used to heal us, make us feel safe. And then we reach a place where it's no longer even that it's just simply survival where our body's like, all right, I need this to make it through the day like fentanyl. Yeah. So you found yourself, boom, you're in the justice system and just fascinated because I remember where you were when you started this journey and where you are now. And it is a complete 180. And not only is it, one eighty but it's this envisioning of your true self or a new self. I wanted to ask you how how would you describe this VTC journey? Let the audience know what the journey was like, but also like what yeah, what what clicked? What was this kind of catalyst for change? that now you're sitting here, you're about to graduate, you know. Yeah, walk us through that.
1: Well, it's funny that you ask that because a lot of people in recovery will say, um, I'll hear, I want to be somebody that I used to be before addiction or whatever problem that lies there. And um, we have an idea of who we used to be before that. And so when I started this journey, I said to myself, I don't, Want to be who I was before this because this is where I'm at now because of that. So, for me, it was a metamorphosis or like a cocoon that I was in. So, I don't. I'm. I'm discovering myself in a new light every day and all the time discovering new things. And so, I think that's important to be like that to just you know walk this as a new person, a new almost like you're shedding skin so to speak. And so um it wasn't easy none of this is and so um you know there's every day is a battle for wanting uh you know that to give into that little little devil on the side of your shoulder so to speak and so I um have had a lot of great support though along the way and so um the way it started was is when I first got out of jail I was uh placed in a place in Black Mountain, North Carolina called First of Blue Ridge, and it's a residential treatment. Uh, They offer uh, one year for veterans who want to use the um, grant per diem program, and it pays the facility for you to be there. And everything is provided, um, vehicle to and from work or probation or whatever. You get three squares, you get recovery, you get Community, You get people that are right there uh, that have been in that war or whatever, and you're all going through it together. So, uh, you know, peer support is is at its finest right there, you know. So um, I stayed there for—I didn't get to finish the program because the VA had put me on some medications uh, to help me with uh, almost— I was chronic fatigue, so— I left there and went to a halfway house and um, after um, i have been there for about three months and I had a lapse of judgment um, and so I think it was a culture shock for me being in, in such a controlled environment for over a year to uh, getting back, back out on the streets and seeing people that I used to know and seeing those old behaviors. and. Mm. Um, almost salvating, if you will, as to that lifestyle. Because that,
0: you know. Because you had been, I mean, you're talking about first at Blue Ridge, that structured therapeutic community, lots of rules, lots of accountability, then went to sober living. Some, you know, of that accountability is removed, but you still you have the curfews, you have these rules that everyone agrees to follow. And then I've, I'm glad you named it also a lapse because I think our words are important. And we in the veterans court see that as a part of the journey. And it's a building block to learn from, right? Right. And so you're talking about going out and you're saying uh, salivating. Was that the people you were with out there or? Just
1: the lifestyle. So I was talking to a friend not too long ago and we said that, you know, obviously the drugs didn't kill it wasn't going to kill us because we had died multiple times but it with the lifestyle would and if you read the paper there's always somebody being murdered or dying or whatever bodies being found so um yeah that holds true the lifestyle would have got us if the drugs hadn't so gotcha. and it's a very addictive lifestyle just the lifestyle just that facade or mentality or that day-to-day hustling and grinding making money and that that high in itself it's almost a drug within itself that lifestyle
0: so when you had this kind of lapse walk me through how you didn't get pulled back into that right because that's a strong pull
1: it is it was a very uncomfortable situation to say the least and the whole day was and so um, I initially was trying to deal with it myself and, uh, I couldn't get away from it uh, as far as, uh, you know, becoming your analysis clean or whatever. And so I, uh, I just came to you. I came to probation and just told the truth because that's what VTC is about. And so is life. I think life, you have mm-hmm. to be honest with yourself, be honest with others. And so, um... You know, there was a lot of guilt within me trying to hide that with um, one of our close associates, Daniel Conway, that uh, was living at the house with me at the time, you know. He may have not seen me hide, but he could see that there was guilt in me for something, and he probably put two and two together. And he took that personal because he had worked with me so close. and so. And I know what that's like as a peer support now when you're working with somebody and they fall back. You're like, well, what did I do wrong? What did I go wrong? And it's it's not had nothing to do with him. You know, he did everything right. wrong. It was just part of my experience. And so I'm just really thankful that I got out of that situation because my end goal is, is a very big picture. You know, I want to be reunited with family. I want my independence back. I want... Um, I'm still growing into this person that I am today. I want to drive again. I want to, I love cars. I love driving. I think that's the most freedom thing that you can do. Yeah. Service dog. Yeah.
0: And all those things that you just named are, um, you didn't have those. And now, uh, you find yourself with your own house, right? You have a house that's your own. You're working towards getting that service dog, working towards getting your license again working for the big picture, so naming all those. I really commend you because we have seen, and you see it, these veterans that go out have a lapse truly in that judgment. The disease of addiction is calling, it's heavy, and boom, you dip your toe in, right? And then next thing you know, you're sucked in, and you're just, boom, Um, it's quick. So I really commend you, the fact that you are sitting here today, You should have been dead nine times over. You're luckier than a cat. (laughs) Right. Here you are. So uh, you were talking about that. And you mentioned a lot of just feelings of kind of that guilt and shame, you know, of having had that. But yet you kept going. You, Regardless, right? You are still here. You're still showing up. That's grit. This is the grit to keep going even when it gets hard. So... If you could give advice to any of the veterans that are starting the VTC, right? They're just starting out, maybe they've had 20 years living uh, unsheltered, on the street, that life you're talking about, and they're entering into our court. What advice would you give to that veteran?
1: So this is uh, something that actually does come up all the time. And um, even if it's not people in VTC or people that are just trying to find a new way to live, um, it takes commitment, and set, like you just gotta be willing to to make your mind up to change. Like either you're going to do it or you're not going to do it, and that's just as simple as it is. And so, um, I was just learning about this in a group the other day about um, like pure abstinence versus like having contingency plans and kind of being on the fence about stuff and. Um, it's a little catch-22. So, what I learned was is that people that go pure abstinent, you know, if they relapse, the relapse is harder versus somebody that is like on MAT, for example. If they slip, it's a lot shorter slip. It's a lot quicker. And so that was something that I didn't mention earlier is that I was on MAT. I had contingency plans in place, but ultimately my decision was is that i've got to change my life if i want things to change for me or Mm. you know know what i'm saying
0: that's that's it right there and that decision um is not a small one so no it's, it's it's
1: it's like um you know, a lot of people take marriage for example for granted and so, you know, that's a whole commitment change with somebody. It's it's you're devoting your life to another person. So it's almost like it's the same thing with addiction. Like I was all in or nothing. Like right. you know what I'm saying? If you can't hang with the dogs, get off the porch. And so is the same thing with recovery. Right. So it's an all-in thing. Either you're going to do this or you're not. Either you're not. You're gonna, you are to you can not you know what I'm saying, you can't go hmm. out to the bar or whatever, hit one here in the closet or whatever you do, and nobody's going to know because you'll know, and it'll show itself. It will come out. So, right. um, Yeah.
0: And that's it. And I think that wisdom right there for veterans starting out the program, Uh, That's profound wisdom. I really appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. So um, as we're kind of coming to the end of our inaugural episode, just um, hearing your journey, everything that you've been through. I'm, I'm interested if someone said, hey, Mike White, what's one word to describe Mike White? Right, everything, this entire journey, all of your epicness, condensing it down to one word—it can even be made up. But what is the one word for Mike White?
1: Oh man, um, you got me. What would you say?
0: I like that. You got me. <laughs> you got me. I all right, know. we'll be asking all veterans that okay. one word that encompasses them. But yeah, I would say—I'd um, say magic for you.
1: Well, thanks. I appreciate that. i say
0: magic. It's, it's magic, Mike, and the, just the incredible work, the transformation. And I mean, it, it feels sometimes like a miracle getting to see this unbelievable change and then getting to see you support other vets. Every single day, the vets look up to you. You're a leader in the court. You're a leader in the community. And you're humble. You would never even name this. But I hear it from the other vets, so a magic mic
1: that's what's up i appreciate that so. all right.
0: i appreciate it brother thank you for being here we'll definitely be uh talking more excited to have you on our next podcast where we continue voices of recovery thank you all for listening and look forward to uh talking to you next week on the btc podcast <laughs>